my parents are planning to go regardless, but that also adds another layer because I feel a sense of guilt in a way. My parents are older and I would hate for them or any of my older family members to get sick connected to our wedding, right? Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest-perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, Bride to a Ben tribe? Welcome back for another episode. Today we have Brittany Williams. Brittany and her fiance Sam met on a dating app back in 2017. When Brittany and Sam met, they were both living in the Bay Area. While Sam was settled in the Bay Area with his job, Brittany was temporarily living there during her MBA summer internship. After about a month of dating, Brittany moved back to Boston to finish her MBA at HBS while Sam stayed in the Bay for work. These two managed to do a long-distance relationship for about another year, but once Brittany finally finished her MBA, she made her way back to the Bay Area. The two of them got engaged in 2019 and are planning for a destination wedding in 2021. I'm excited for you all to meet Brittany as she tells us how planning a destination wedding is going during the pandemic. Brittany, it's so wonderful to meet you and welcome. Thanks, Emily. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited for everyone to hear how it's been planning a destination wedding because I can't even imagine given the world doesn't want any Americans in their country right now, it feels like. Rightly so at the moment. (laughs) But, you know, before I dive in and we get into the deep waters of that whole planning process. I love to start off the episode with just how you and Sam first met. Yeah, absolutely. So we met on a dating app called The League. And we were both just casually dating. And I was in Palo Alto uh, for my summer internship in between uh, my MBA program. And we both matched on The League and we started chatting. And next thing you know, we met in person, had an incredible first date at Novella, the cocktail lounge in San Francisco. And we just hit it off. Next thing you know, we had another date the following week that actually ended up being about five dates in one. And we really just kept seeing each other until I moved back to Boston. And when I moved back to Boston, I was really hopeful that we'd stay in contact, but I also knew that we were going to be about 3,000 miles away from each other. So who knows what would happen? And really, when I got back to Boston, Sam's birthday was about two weeks later. And he asked if we could spend his birthday together. And then the rest is kind of history. So we got engaged in March of 2019. And we're planning our wedding March in 2021. Yeah, I love it. And the fact that you two did the long distance relationship thing, talk about polar opposite ends of the country you two were on. So I think you had mentioned to me earlier that you guys would like make an effort to see each other every month while you were in grad school. Yeah, we did. 
Sam and I like to joke that long distance probably put like an extra, I don't know, five, 10 years on our relationship because people say, wow, you guys got engaged super fast. And we're like, yeah, try doing long distance, California, Boston. And then, you know, yeah. you know everything about the person. <laughs> so I feel like communication skills had to be super strong during that. If, I mean, you're on the phone with each other constantly, right? Like that's the main way you're really connecting. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you must have racked up some pretty good miles to be able to hopefully travel places together because that's a long flight and you're racking up miles each way. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll be able to have a nice honeymoon somewhere. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. So sounds like you met in 2017, you got engaged in 2019. So like about two years of knowing each other. How did the proposal go down? Yeah. So we actually, we were in Cancun, Mexico and we had just planned, it was about a week after my birthday. So we had already planned to go to Mexico just for like a little spring kind of vacation. And Sam is very much a morning person. I mean, he's the guy that's like up at four in the morning doing his own quiet time, you know, and, and I'm fast, fast asleep, you know. That is early. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so early. It's so early. So we're in Mexico and Sam wants to watch the sunrise. And, you know, I'm honestly a little hesitant. I'm like, this is vacation. Like, do we really need to wake up at five, six in the morning, but I'm all game. And we're sitting on the beach and Sam is saying the most beautiful things. And next thing I know, he's like, can you stand up? And he gets down on one knee <laughs> and I'm just like, what's happening? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> like, That's like literally what I said is what are you doing? <laughs> and he proposed and it was just really beautiful, super intimate, just us as the sun was rising and super special for us. That's amazing. So you clearly had zero clue this was happening. No, no idea. I knew, I mean, we had talked about it, right? And I knew that it would happen at some point, but that trip and at that moment, total surprise. Oh my gosh. So, and was that at the beginning of the trip or was that towards the end of the trip? It was the beginning. So we spent the rest of the trip celebrating and getting a ton of free drinks and like, you know, comp like dinners. It was, it was really nice. <laughs> I must say that is one thing we did not use to our advantage when we got engaged. I think maybe a few times we dropped it, but I must say the moment you get married to milk that because we got a lot of free stuff on our little mini moon. We did. It was like, Oh, I just got married on our honeymoon. <laughs> and People were loving it. I think it was also like a bright spot during this time. So <laughs> yeah, no, we'll definitely milk it. All the free stuff. <laughs> what made you guys wait till 2021? Because you got engaged in 2019. Was there something that you guys like, you know what, let's just push this to 2021. Take your time. Yeah. So we always just wanted to take the time one to save, right? Because we both have pretty flashy expectations for what our wedding will be. And we needed to save money for that. And we also just kind of weren't really in a, a huge rush. We had two engagement parties, one in New York for my family, one in Houston for his. And they were pretty large engagement parties where we could celebrate with family and friends. So we figured let's give everyone time. We're having a destination wedding. 
you've got total notice for this. And it ended up, we thought at, you know, beginning of this year, we kind of made a really smart decision, I guess. But I mean, COVID is pressing on. So (laughs) it's still around. But yeah, it was always a long, long engagement, which actually doesn't feel that long. So crazy. Yeah. So actually that brings me to that point because knowing you're getting married in 2021 and I'm honestly just kind of looking at my best friend who also supposed to get married, got engaged in 2019, waited till 2021 to have her wedding or supposed to have her wedding in May. I'm curious when this pandemic started, how are you feeling? Did you even like have your wedding on your radar? Because I think my friend didn't at first, but then kind of as it moved into the summer months of 2020, she started to think like, hmm, maybe we are going to be affected. So I'm just curious, how were you feeling when the pandemic first started? When it first started, honestly, I was not thinking about my own wedding because we had four weddings. Four of our friend couples had weddings that were impacted this past year. And so my mind was not on our wedding because I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's so far from now. I'm feeling for my friends who have weddings literally in a month that have to reschedule. Similar to your best friend, was not really thinking of myself. And then summer hit, we got to like the six month mark. There's this new, more contagious strain now. And now anxiety is super, super high. (laughs) That's been a struggle. I bet. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm just thinking right now, when is your wedding? March 27th. How have you been planning? Like, what has that planning process looked like for you? Because with three months, usually you're like almost starting to hit like crunch time of let's get all the pieces together and make sure everything's locked in. And now we're just fine tuning the vision. What's your process like right now? So fortunately, we have a planner who's on the ground in Jamaica, which really helps because when you're doing destination, it's, I don't know the vendors. I don't know just how things work, right? And so our planner has been literally a godsend. She's also talked to me off the ledge many, many times when I'm just kind of like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And so fortunately, the borders are open. She has had a couple of very beautiful weddings these past few months. And there are precautions that are in place, which really helps, right? But from a planning standpoint, what's been really, really hard to deal with is literally just the uncertainty of it all. So we can do everything from our invites are out, we have RSVPs, all of our vendors are locked in. But the uncertainty of COVID, not knowing what will happen and if the borders will shut down again at an instant, really just adds a ton of anxiety to the planning process. I'm a very type A person. I have a spreadsheet for everything and not having control over this has been the worst part of this process. Yes, I will say this pandemic for type A's is not good because you are constantly shifting everything. Yes, it's taught me a good lesson in flexibility, but I don't know if I really want to appreciate that I'm learning a lesson right now. (laughs) Maybe later. Yeah. How did you guys land on Jamaica? So Sam proposed on the beach and he absolutely loves the water. So we knew that we wanted to have an outdoor wedding with 
beach, ocean views. So that left the tropics. My family is from Jamaica. My dad grew up there. I have tons of family on the island. And we figured, why not have the wedding in Jamaica? We always wanted a destination type of wedding because we always had so much fun at our friends' weddings when we could have like a little trip out of it. And so we landed on Jamaica. We went last January. We went venue shopping, found the most beautiful venue, um, this golf course in Montego Bay, overlooking the water. It's just beautiful. We're really excited. And we will get married at our venue, whether it's literally 10 people or the 100 people that we hope will be there. Either way, (laughs) we will get married. It's happening. That was going to be my next question. How many people have RSVP'd? So we get numbers from our hotel because we have a hotel block and we have about 50 guests who have already booked which we're really happy about. It's been mostly friends because, you know, it makes sense. A lot of older family members who are still probably trying to wait it out. But we have 50 guests already, which makes us really happy. But we sent out over 100 invites, right? Thinking that we'd land at 100. So that's still half of the guests that we anticipate. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't know if in the next two weeks people will feel comfortable enough to make a decision. So we have been exploring virtual routes as well for those who may not want to travel. We'll do like a live stream Zoom call. We're looking at backup options, but 50 is not bad, assuming that people don't pull out. That is really good. It's possible. And I think as probably long as you don't have the expectation that they're all going to show up. But yeah, it's definitely possible that they could, I must say, because... Well, we didn't even actually end up sending our invites out. We were waiting to the very last day, to be honest with you, where it was like, okay, you got to let your guests know at some point here. And I mean, we were also really in the midst of we didn't still know what was going on with the pandemic. But I was like going to be happy if I could have like 25 people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 50 was my dream number once the pandemic hit because right. as you had probably like the 100, right, is your ideal number. 150 was mine. So it's crazy. It's tough. How are you feeling though? So if a lot of those people are friends and obviously if older generation people don't feel as comfortable, which kind of makes sense on just how this pandemic has been panning out. Is that why the Zoom is kind of the alternative? You'll still have those 50 come and then do the Zoom for just anyone else that didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. And it just feels terrible, right? Because you think about your wedding and you want all of your family members to be there. You want obviously your friends to be there, but you just have in your mind like this grand day, right? And it almost feels selfish to say this, right? Because everyone's like, it's just a day, your whole marriage ahead doesn't matter, but it does matter. We are allowed to feel disappointed. We just happen to get engaged and plan a wedding during this global pandemic, you know? Right. (laughs) It's a tough feeling and it's kind of saddening. Like I tell my family and my friends, this pandemic has really stripped out all of the joy in wedding planning. And that's the sad part, but. I know it's so true. I like to say I got robbed. I felt robbed of, I've seen all my 
girlfriends or not all of them, a lot of my girlfriends having their weddings. And I'm like, I can't wait for that day that I get to get together with my girlfriends to get ready and drink champagne while we're getting our hair and makeup done. And I don't know, there was something I was really looking forward to that process as well, along with, of course, marrying Julian, but it's like the build up to it and like the pre and everything. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still manage to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. What is your vision of your wedding and it has it changed with COVID at all? Yeah. So my vision pre-COVID was literally this grand event, right? We were having a welcome party Friday night. Well, pre-COVID, right? So our plan and our vision is to have a welcome party on Friday night. It will be an all-white party, kind of like a beach party. And all of our friends will be there. We'll have a reggae band playing, drinks, food, all of the works. And then we have our friends in Jamaica for the entire weekend. Saturday's the wedding. I'm getting ready with my bridesmaids and my family. And like you mentioned, it's just drinking and laughing and having a great time. Excited for the wedding day ahead. And Sam will be playing golf <laughs> with his groomsmen that morning. <laughs> They're doing like a grooms golf. Seems to be a standard thing for the guys that want to play golf on the morning of their wedding. I know. Like why? But okay, if that makes you less stressed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I must say Julian like didn't know what to do with his time on the day of our wedding because I had to go get ready. And he was like, I literally have like four or five hours to do nothing by myself. <laughs> That's what Sam's doing. He's like, I'll just play golf for about five hours with my groomsmen and then we'll get ready. And they'll still yeah. be ready way before us, right? <laughs> so true. But yeah, the vision is really having all of that, right? And then it's the wedding and it's walking down the aisle with my dad and seeing a hundred of our closest family and friends in the audience, having this super special, intimate, shared moment between Sam and I, and then literally just partying the rest of the night and the following day for like our farewell event, right? And so for us, it was really about sharing this experience with the people that we love. And the thought of a lot of the people that we love and care about not being there just really makes the experience feel just not what we expected, right? Which is disappointing in a way. Yeah, absolutely. 
and rightly so to feel that way. Are your parents planning to go regardless or how are they feeling about traveling? So my parents are planning to go regardless, but that also adds another layer because I feel a sense of guilt in a way. My parents are older and I would hate for them or any of my older family members to get sick connected to our wedding, right? So that adds just an entirely extra layer of guilt and anxiety and stress. And am I making poor decisions for my family? <laughs> you know, I'm sure you could feel, yeah, you feel the same way. And so, yes, they plan on coming. Sam's mom plans on coming. Sam's dad, unfortunately, passed away about 10 years ago. But she will be there regardless. His brothers will be there. My siblings will be there. But there's a little stress. Yeah. There's stress involved with all of that. Again, we went just 10 people and we were in Santa Barbara. So here, I mean, we're based here in California. And I felt that stress too, because we were, you know, out in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara was popping when we were there. It was, I thought it was going to be super quiet, but it was not. A lot of booze flowing through the streets of State Street. Oh, I bet. You know, staying in a hotel, I was so nervous. To be honest with you, everyone was really good at taking the precaution of wearing the mask everywhere we went. So fortunately, it was all safe and sound. But I understand the stress that you are feeling during all this. So it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. How are you mentally trying to just like manage it all? You know, I have good days and bad days. I've gotten to a point and I feel so terrible for my friends and family because they don't ask me about the wedding unless I bring it up now. They're like scared to ask you. And I feel terrible. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I, is it me? Like, did I make it this way? But I think they're just trying to be sensitive to the fact that they know that this is not what, you know, what I ever planned in a million years. But mentally, I have good days and bad days, right? I try and center myself and bring myself back to the fact that regardless, Sam and I will have an incredible marriage and a wedding that will be special. And this is just one point in time for the rest of our lives. And Sam, honestly, he's incredible about keeping me grounded in that way. I can tend to get lost in like the details of it all. He's just kind of like, remember, we have like an 70 year marriage, like God willing, and this is just one day. So whatever. <laughs> and so that helps, right? That helps keep me grounded. But other days, I'm literally in tears, I'm not gonna lie. And I'm just so overwhelmed by the fact that this is happening. Like, I'm like, why me? <laughs> you know? I know. That's why we have this platform is because all of us can listen to each other and be like, why me? <laughs> like, seriously. I know, seriously. And then I feel silly because I have friends who have had to postpone their weddings twice, right? And we haven't yeah. gotten to that point. So I'm also kind of like, why am I saying why me? You know? So it's a flurry of emotions. Totally. Curious though. I really hope this doesn't happen, but I imagine you guys have thought about this. If the borders were to shut again, have you had an agreement with the venue? Like you'll be able to push the date out. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So we have started having conversations around what a backup date could look like maybe in the fall. But I honestly go back and forth in my mind over whether we just get married here. San Francisco City Hall is stunning, right? Beautiful. 
beautiful. We could literally get married and just maybe have like a one year anniversary big bash. I don't know. Yeah. It's obviously not something that either of us wants because we really want the experience of walking down the aisle, not being married and then being married kind of thing. But worst comes to worst, our backup is get married at City Hall, be married, party a year later, call it a day. It's a good mindset and confident that you guys had to think about that. So I'm hopeful that the borders are still open. So let's just keep our fingers crossed there. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All positive vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Have you been fortunate to try to have a bachelorette or a bridal shower celebration? No. And that's also been, you know, a bit of a sad point. So my mom, my sister, and my maid of honor, they are both planning bridal shower in New York. But the challenge is with the cases rising it's really hard to like find a venue and to like, yeah. you know, plan ahead like that. And so that's been tough for my mom and my sister as well, because they're super into party planning and things like that. And just the pandemic has really thrown a wrench into, into some of the plans. But I will have a bridal shower in February. Okay. I don't know the details yet, but it will be really nice to have some way of celebrating And my bachelorette will be in Jamaica a couple days before the wedding. Oh, cool. That will be really nice. Yeah, my sister's planning that. And it'll just be really fun to unwind. Everybody will already be in the country. So we can just have some time to hang out, celebrate, have a little bachelorette. And then two days later, start all the wedding stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I've only heard a few people do that before. And typically it's been because a destination wedding and a lot of people, friends live all over the place. And so let's just all party right where we're going to be for the wedding. So that's really cool. Yeah. So we had planned to do like a weekend event, but COVID. Oh, I see. Okay. Yep. (laughs) It was supposed to be MLK weekend, but it just got too complicated with travel and yeah, COVID. So where was the original location of your bachelorette supposed to be? So I never found out because they were exploring a couple of options and they presented me with one option, which because of COVID, they were like, we could kind of do something in New York and that's home for me and for my sister. So it was kind of like, maybe not. And then the other option because of COVID was let's do Brittany's last sale before the veil. And we're like going to have like a boat, do some fun stuff in Jamaica. So I figured that that was a better way to celebrate and a way that yeah could feel comfortable. So that's where we are. And it'll be fun. It'll be so much fun. Yeah. I had my bachelorette too. I'm hopeful that you this is all going to work out. And I was supposed to have one. Mine was supposed to be in Austin, Texas. But then we ended up just keeping it in California because like nobody wanted to fly because it was in like, what, July? I can hear you keeping California for me. I was like, at first I was like, you know, you know, it is what it is. I was cool with it. Honestly, I was grateful that I had the bachelorette. Yeah. But Austin sounded so cool to me because I just haven't really done Austin, you know, in my, well, I'm 30. I don't even know why I'm saying late 20s. I keep dreaming, Emily. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely in my 30s. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's lovely. Is there anything else that you want to share with just other people that are going through this process right now that I haven't touched upon that's something that you've learned and valued through this 
trying to plan your wedding, especially destination wedding? Yeah, I think for me, something I think about often is it's okay to feel really disappointed and to be upset by changes that you have to make just because of this pandemic. I go back and forth with thinking, am I being self-absorbed or am I being materialistic, being so upset about a wedding? And my view is that everyone deserves to have that moment and it's okay to feel upset about it. You are not being self-absorbed and you are not focused more on the wedding than the marriage. It's absolutely okay to be super thrilled about being married, but to also be a bit disappointed by the process that is happening right now. And that's okay. So that's one thing that I have had to learn and accept. And I hope that your listeners also do. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And to be honest with you, I feel like we need to have you back after March to see how this all went down. Yes, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I am very curious to hear how it all turns out for you. Yeah, no, thanks, Emily. I'd love to come back and literally all the positive vibes that we will have our wedding. Really, really great to chat with you. Yes, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.